Hey guys, it's Scott. It's the last week of February, and we have a lot of exciting stuff going on at Best Jacket. First, today, Night of the Ghoul number five comes out. It's our penultimate issue, and I'm going to put some extras here for you to browse, some designs and sketches from Francesco. This is the issue where everything, all the shit hits the fan right before our kind of shocking, twisted finale. So I'm very excited. This is one of those books that has seemed to gain a, a real cult following, and it means the world to both me and Francesco. It's a book we've been talking about for a long time, and I can't wait for you guys to see number five out today from Comixology Originals. Secondly, super important, We Have Demons, number one, is coming out from Dark Horse in print with extras. It's got the script, it's got designs, and it comes out March 23rd, but the final day you can order it is this coming Monday, okay? This coming Monday, the 28th of February. So please, please order it through your store, order it from Dark Horse. We have a bunch of amazing variant covers from it. We just announced yesterday that we're doing a special exclusive Peach Monaco cover, which I love. That's going to be signed by me and Greg Capullo. You get it for every 50 issues ordered by your store. You will get one. It is super rare. We have variants by everybody involved at Best Jacket. So Tony Daniel, Jock, Jamal Eigel, Tula Lote, Raphael Albuquerque, Dan Panosian, Francis Manipole, and Francesco Francavilla, and one by Ariella Cristantina as well. So really thrilled. Pick your poison. They're great covers. And the truth is, the higher you push these sales, the more likely it is we'll be able to do single issues with other books as well. And that's the whole goal of doing this digital first program for us is to show the ways in which digital and print can be synergistic. I really, really believe in sort of subscription-based browsing and then having more money to go to the store to collect what you want for your shelf in a special way. It's how my kids shop. Like I've said it a million times for manga. It's why I think manga shelves in the bookstore are so full. And I think it's a large part of the future of comics. So I hope you'll support us. Again, we have demons. Please, please order by Monday. I'm going to keep reminding you annoyingly, but again, it's all so that we can do more of this going forward with more of our best jacket books. Also, Comixology, I got asked a few times about the interface, the changeover from Comixology to Amazon. Folks asking if we had any regrets having so many books with Comixology. But the truth is, like, not at all. I mean, I knew the interface was coming, same as everybody. I think I didn't know that there'd, there'd be the hurdles that there are with the, the reading experience and the grouping and organization. But the truth is, I know everybody at Comixology, and they're incredibly committed to giving everybody the best reading experience possible. They're deep in the wool, like dyed in the wool comics folks from Chip all the way down. And so I'm, I'm perfectly confident that they're going to fix it. And I know behind the scenes, they are working really hard on it. But also the flip side of it is, I also know that exposing the library on Comixology to the whole Amazon readership and marrying those algorithms is going to bring like a whole new audience to comics that's going to make it worth it. I mean, they really are like growing pains and expansion issues. So for me, in the long run, I'm really convinced things are going to be bigger and better. And I'm, I'm not just saying that. But on top of that, we love working over there. We have all the creative freedom in the world. Everybody got a great rate. And we own all the ancillary rights, the film and TV rights for all of our books. And then, like I said, they come out at Dark Horse. So we're very excited to be starting to come out in print as well. So I hope you'll continue to root for and support Comixology. I really have total faith that it's going to come back bigger and better than it was before. And I'm proud to be a part.
Also, so because it's Night of the Ghoul Day, I figured I'd do a quick post about horror. A couple underrated horror films that I love. I figured this is something I can keep up over the year coming. So Night of the Ghoul came from me and Francesco Francavilla in 2016, 2017, talking about our favorite classic horror, mostly because it was a way of escaping the tumultuous and crazy times that were beginning then. And we started talking about how to create a new classic horror monster and story for modern times. And that's really where Ghoul came from. But for me, I love all horror. I love horror going all the way back to the 1800s to now. My favorite book is Frankenstein in all of literature. But I'm fascinated with American horror and American horror in the last like 60 years. So in the 50s and before that, horror was kind of exoticized where things came here to scare us from space, from overseas, that, you know, they were in, invading forces. And then in the 60s, you see so much psychological horror emerging, fractures in kind of the American psyche. So you see Psycho, all the Hitchcock movies. And then towards the end, you see all these things like Rosemary's Baby and Polanski, where you're seeing our own dark desires coming to the forefront. And in the 70s, it goes real nuts, where you see sort of depravity, hyperviolence, all of that kind of stuff with... Everything from Last House on the Left, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that real new kind of slasher genre. And at the end, you start to get things like Halloween, where it moves into the 80s, where for me, the 80s are largely about the marrying of the psychological and the big slasher to create new kinds of indigenous, iconic horror monsters that are American. So you get that's where you get Freddy Krueger and you get Mike Myers and you get Jason Voorhees. Things like that, you know, you get franchise monsters that are that are ours. And you also get sort of homegrown things. And Stephen King is kind of the totemic author of this. You have homegrown, iconic American things like Americana becoming scary. So he was one of the geniuses of turning things that you find safety in in America into the monster. So your family dog, the little pet cemetery down the road, your car, Christine, the nice old hotel, you know, the the ski lodge hotel down the, the way in Colorado, the Overlook. It was all about making things that we find comfort in as Americans, the scary thing, the little symbol crashing monkey, a truck, all of that, finding horror in the everyday in the small town. And so for me, I think what I love about the 80s into the early 90s is it's a real search in a lot of ways, I think, for creating homegrown horror where there's a, almost an evaluation of the things that are symbolically American and finding scariness in those things in, in a new way. And so two movies that I think really reach for that and try to create new, one is a new version of old monsters and one is a whole kind of new set of brand new monsters are Near Dark and... Nightbreed. I saw them both in the theater. I was a kid. I was like 10 years old and maybe 12, 13 years old. And they both like stayed with me forever. And there were so many movies I thought about talking about here from Pumpkinhead to The People Under the Stairs to super dark, more modern ones like Murders and Possessor and Under the Skin. And there, there's so many great categories of horror, I think, in the last like 15 years that have had some incredible entries. But for me, I love these movies. Nightbreed has stayed with me over and over and over because um, it's directed by Clive Barker of Hellraiser fame. It stars David Cronenberg, which is amazing, of Videodrome and The Fly and all kinds of body horror. 
And it's about a guy, Aaron Boone, who starts having dreams about a place called Midian that's the home of monsters. And it's all these new indigenous strange monsters that live underground in this hidden place. And it turns out that the therapist that Aaron Boone is talking to about these things is a serial killer named Buttonface. It's a zany movie, but it's so ambitious and wonderfully weird. And it really does strive for this sense of a new, almost American genealogy of monsters. And I love it for that. It's got big, big mythology, and it's definitely worth checking out. The other is a cult classic, Near Dark, Catherine Bigelow of Point Break and Hurt Locker and Zero Dark 30 fame, amazing director, directed this, and it stars Lance Henriksen of uh, Aliens and many other great films. <laughs> and Bill Paxton in a seminal role of his. And it's about vampires in the Southwest. And it, it's very American. It was one of the big inspirations for American Vampire. It was sort of how do you do vampires in an American way where they've been here for hundreds of years and fought in the Civil War and they're almost like outlaw cowboys. There's nothing European about them. There's nothing foreign about them. There's no sense of vampirism being something that's infecting us. Instead, it's something that's a homegrown bloodline. It's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. It's incredibly dark and twisted and also romantic and fun. So you should 100% check it out. So a couple of recommendations there. If you like these, I'll, I'll throw in a whole bunch more next time. Ghoul is up and we can talk horror anytime you want. But thank you guys again so much for everything. I'm having a blast with this. And thank you for supporting the books. You're the best fans in the world.